Welcome back to another episode of the Hatchets Weekly News Podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. I'm Alec Rich. So on the first day of classes last week, GW officials made a major announcement, with that being the decision to completely overhaul the university's dining plan. Starting next fall, GW will open three new dining halls located in District House, Thurston Hall, and Shankman Hall, as students will have all-you-can-eat meal access under an unlimited dining plan. That's in addition to a redesigned Pollen Commons on Laverne, which will open this fall. Also, a hybrid dining plan model, students will have additional dining dollars to spend at GWL vendors, and some of those vendors, like Chick-fil-A, will move to the University Student Center. GW's Chief Financial Officer, Mark Diaz, said he expects a single-digit percentage increase in students' meal plans for this new setup, although that does come with the caveat that many of the details of this plan have yet to be finalized. So this decision follows years of student advocacy around the issue of food insecurity here at GW. The Foggy Bottom campus has not had a dining hall since the closure of J Street in 2016, as the students pushed for a more open dining plan that did not limit their spending to a single location. Now, the university again finds itself at an inflection point, with officials hoping a switch back to a dining hall-centered system will reduce food insecurity concerns for many GW students and foster a greater sense of community on campus. But even so, this decision leaves many unanswered questions, especially when it comes to the point of food insecurity and whether these plans will have the outcome officials are looking for. That's why today, I'll be speaking with two of the country's foremost experts in campus food insecurity research to get their views as to this new plan. First up, I'll be chatting with Daphne Hernandez, an associate professor at the CESIC School of Nursing at UT Health Houston, to gain some perspective on the administration's decision. All right, Professor Hernandez, thanks so much for being here. Happy to be here. So for a school that hasn't had a dining hall on its main campus since 2016, how significant of a decision do you think this is by university officials to completely overhaul GW's dining plan? So, I mean, I think the idea of having dining halls will facilitate the availability of food for students while they're on campus. And for that reason, I think it's a great idea. Um, Dining halls also help bring a sense of community and can be social events for students, which is great for students' mental health. And could you speak a little bit more to that idea of community as well? Because I know that that's something that officials here have emphasized, given that the, the student body for years has kind of felt like there is a lack of community um, at GW. How can dining halls kind of instill that, especially that since there'll be three of them? Yeah, so students will be able to see other students just like them eating. Um, you know, students that they see perhaps only in class, they'll now be able to see them in the dining hall. Um, It also provides an opportunity for organizations to recruit new members, right? So they'll probably have a little space in the dining hall where they can recruit members for particular organizations that do philanthropic um, activities out in the community. Um, It will also be an opportunity for organizations to announce upcoming events. And so it will allow students to be aware of more of the Um, activities that are on campus and and to allow them to engage in other activities aside from schoolwork, which we know can have can benefit their schoolwork and and benefit their overall development. And also in in reading the announcement from officials, it seems as though this decision was primarily or it can be attributed directly to food security issues that students have kind of drawn attention to for years. In 2018, a Wisconsin Hope Lab report confirmed that around 40% of GW students were in fact food insecure. So do you think a hybrid model like this, which will include both the dining halls and allow for additional vendor spending, has the potential to dramatically reduce that percentage in the years ahead? 
Yeah, so while I, I don't know the ideology or the decision-making process that occurred um, that led through the GW administration making the decision, um, on-campus food options does make foods available for, for the students. Um, while having food on campus may reduce food insecurity, I'm not sure it will dramatically reduce the rates of food insecurity. So there will be some students, I think, that will opt out of the meal plan because of the cost. And these are probably students that are at risk for experiencing food insecurity. So while the dining halls are making food available, the actual cost may deter students from accessing the food. This in the end does not fully address uh, the food insecurity concern. Right. And I also want to bring up an, another dimension to this, which is the fact that we've seen evidence, and this is something that's occurred across the country, but GW as well, in terms of the fact that non-white non students are facing food insecurity at higher rates than their white peers. So with that in mind, how do you think this new dining setup may benefit non-white students if it will at GW? And you know, are there additional measures that you think officials should take in finalizing this plan to you know, ensure that that disparity is lowered? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure that on campus, you know, an on-campus dining hall will actually decrease the disparity. Again, I, because of the cost, I think it might actually increase the disparity. Um, so that, that's my number one concern. I mean, I, I applaud GW for, for putting on-campus on campus dining halls back into place because I think they have a lot of benefit aside from the food. Um, but in terms of just decreasing um, racial disparities related to food insecurity, I, I think it will, it has a chance if proper um, preventions have not been put into place, such as meal swipes, could actually increase the, the disparity that we see, uh, that we see in food insecurity. Professor Hernandez, thanks so much. Thank you. Next up, I'll be speaking with Sarah goldrick Rabb professor of sociology and medicine at Temple University, the founder of the Hope Center for College Community and Justice in Philadelphia, and a GW alum. Professor goldberg Rabb, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So as an alum, I just wanted to ask first, for a school that hasn't had a dining hall on its main campus since 2016, how significant of a decision is this by university officials to completely overhaul GW's dining plan and phase in three new dining halls heading into next fall? Yeah, well, I think it's pretty significant. Food is a pretty important part of college and paying for college is a pretty important part of students' experiences and how they get through school. And, you know, I, I, I can tell you that I remember the dining hall um, back in the day. And frankly, I remember how expensive it was. And I say that as somebody who was paying for her living expenses herself. Um, I also really remember how expensive off-campus dining was and um, often feeling like we were being price gouged. Um, maybe somebody was assuming that GW students were all wealthy, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I remember when the dining halls were, were scrapped. I can't believe it's been this long because it feels like yesterday to me um, when students were upset about this. And I think it's a big deal that they're revisiting and, and trying to figure out what to do. And I hope that, you know, the questions around affordability um, and therefore, food security for students are at the center of any decisions. Right. And that's this, that kind of seemed like the catalyst for this decision, obviously, since the food security issues have been a problem for a long time here at GW. And in 2018, the Wisconsin Hope Lab report confirmed that around 40% of GW students were, in fact, food insecure. 
So do you think a hybrid model like this, which will obviously include the dining halls and allow for additional vendor spending, has the potential to, to lower that percentage at all for GW students? It has the potential, but you know, it depends on how it's done. So the first thing is, yes, in 2018, which is now quite a while ago, we had the opportunity to survey GW students. And I'm grateful to the folks, I think the administrators who were here then are no longer here, but they consented to uh, allowing us to assess food, food insecurity. And of course I was devastated to see how much there was on campus. There was quite a bit. Um, I first wanna underline that whatever they're gonna do, they should keep assessing food insecurity um, because they cannot uh, figure out whether things are getting better or worse without checking in. And students shouldn't have to be putting their hands up and shouting, I'm food insecure, or I don't have enough to eat in order for a school to know that, right? So, um, so that part's really important. Um, the hybrid model, you know, really depends, frankly, on what's being offered in the dining halls. So um, a lot of schools actually use their dining halls to um, make themselves more attractive particularly to potential students and their families to try to make them think that this is a great place. So they want it to be a little sexy. They want to have, they want to be able to say, we have all kinds of food. We have all the different things, right? And that that's the focus on kind of looking more like, you know, a Whole Foods or a, a great restaurant. Um, the other thing though, is that dining halls are often used to generate revenue. And, um, I have been arguing for years that while that's understandable, I, I know that universities need money to operate, I think it's a big mistake. And I think it's a mistake because um, the action of trying to generate revenue on the dining hall side undermines student retention in the college and graduation, which really should be driving the college's bottom line. Now, I want to admit, if GW students graduate faster, from GW, then they spend fewer semesters paying tuition. So maybe the bottom line is not helped by actually helping you graduate as depressing as that is, right? But it certainly is the mission. Four-year degrees should be four-year degrees. And if you can't afford to eat, they're probably not four-year degrees, they're probably five-year degrees or six-year degrees, or you come here and you don't even get anything, right? So the question is, when they put together the dining hall and they put together the pricing, the question is, what are they going to emphasize? And further on that point of affordability, I know HWCFL Martinez has already said that he expects a single digit percentage increase for students' meal plans as a result of the decision. But students are already paying between three and $5,000 for dining per year right now, depending on whether they have a kitchen or not. So do you think that this that slight increase will be worth it for students ultimately, you know, when you factor these three dining halls into their you know, future situations? I think this is going to be the big question, right? Mm -hmm. So. Um, when you say a single digit increase, that number could be nine, yeah. right? <laughs> That's a lot. So, you know, it's pretty common for those prices to go up every year between six to 8%. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And um, the tension is going to be that you have plenty of GW students who aren't worried about the money, not necessarily because they can afford it, but because they're not actually involved in the financial part of paying for college. It's the students who are really paying for college themselves and taking out a lot of loans in particular and working really hard who are going to be the most affected, but they might not be in the majority. 
right? So, you know, when I was at GW, you know, there were a lot of things that happened that, you know, worked for most people. There wasn't a lot of talk about how we're, if some of us are not okay, then we're not okay, right? And really centering equity, which means paying more attention to the people who get most left behind would be a really important thing to learn to do and to practice doing while you're in college. I also want to get your perspective as an alum as well in terms of, you know, GW switched away from the dining hall to an open dining plan in 2016 precisely because of student calls and students were saying that they didn't want to have a spending mandate at a specific location like a dining hall. And to be honest, the, the language in terms of what officials are saying now in terms of this new dining plan and giving students flexibility is similar to what they said previously in 2016. So, you know, what? who's to say that in five years from now, you know, this will pay off? You know, do you think that this, I, do you think the idea of an open dining plan originally was misguided or do you think that there was a lack of appreciation for the importance of dining hall to campus then? I think that they don't have clarity on what the objective is. Mm. This is the kind of stuff that happens when there are competing goals. I wanna know who's driving the train, right? Is the goal here to not have to operate a dining hall because it's financially expensive or students don't like it so they don't eat there, right? Is it that marketing wise, the open dining seemed like it was sexier for marketing to students, which is a big deal. Like what is the objective? Until they articulate it and they're honest about it, they can't achieve it. Like there is no path, right? If, if, the main, if the main person is the CFO who says the bottom line, the money line is the bottom line and that's the goal. It doesn't matter whether you have an, on, an open dining plan or campus dining hall. He's, he or she is still going to charge you so much money that it's not affordable. So, I mean, are there other steps that you think, you know, GW should take moving forward with this plan to make sure that it is to yeah. generate a successful outcome for students? Listen, I think that GW should take its federal stimulus funds, which it received a lot of, and I think that they should do a free breakfast or lunch program for anybody who wants it. And I think they should learn from how many people come how many people want it, rely on it, pilot it, see what it does and figure that out because I don't think they have any idea how much it's needed. And I think they could collect some data around that to figure out if students are just eating there because it's convenient or students are eating there because that's what they actually needed. I also think that if they're gonna do any kind of dining hall thing, it's worth partnering with Swipe Out Hunger so that the students who have money can donate their dining dollars to students who don't. I think that's smart. But I'll be honest, you know, it's a question of who's running the university on this on this initiative. It really is, bottom line. Professor Goldberg, thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. It was my honor. A special thanks to both of our guests today. Gang to the Bottom of It is hosted by Alec Rich and is produced by Sarah Sachs. 